Hello everybody, welcome back to It's All About Mental Health. <laughs> I'm Erica. And I'm Will. And we're glad to have you all back. <laughs> Hope you guys all had a good new year. Yeah, I think we've done one since the yeah. since the new year. Yeah, we talked about that last time. I think we did. We too. did. Yeah. So how are you doing this new year? Terrible. No, I'm kidding. How is your mental health really? Well, no, it's good. It's good. My mental health is, uh, I would say, being monitored closely, and I've been doing the things that help to provide me with you know, comfort and a sense of ease and been managing stress and overwhelm and talking about what's going on with me so things are things are good good how about you looking up huh oh yeah yeah i think it's if i decide to lift my head up right and not be stuck in my shit it's all a matter of choice yeah and perception right Mm -hmm. i am good have nothing to complain about no not one thing not one thing right (laughs) now to be really honest with you okay not at this moment Life is good. Good. Life is good. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Any and updates I, on anything? Well, I'm You've happy got, like, to have several a, things going. I do. I do. A lot of big projects on the horizon. Yeah. Coming to fruition. Well, yeah. Coming to fruition. That's right. I'm just keep on Trailblazing. going. Trailblazing. There you go. Yeah, nice. And I'm really happy tonight because we have some really special guests. Yeah, we do. Amazing people. Uh-huh. We're continuing our series with our wonderful college students. You guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm Jackson. I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I currently go to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Nice. Knoxville. Yeah. Jackson, you were on the last episode we did. Yes. I'm a seasoned veteran now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're experienced. (laughs) Thank you for coming back. Yeah. Glad to have you back. Anytime. Um, I'm Lauren. I am a college student at University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. I am also from LA, and I'm 20 years old. Awesome. What, what year are you? I'm a junior. Okay. And how, how do you like it out there? I really like it. I'm actually getting ready to go abroad, uh-huh. and I'm leaving to go abroad in February, and I'm going to Australia. So wow. It'll be a very different experience, but I'm excited for it. How long are you going to be going for? Till beginning of June. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long trip. Yeah. Yeah. The whole semester. Cannot wait to hear an update. I'm so excited. You've got to check in. I'll be back on your journey. There you go. There you go. Tonight we are going to talk to you guys and have you all talk to us about peer pressure. But I'm going to start with my good old first question. Which is what? What do you think it is? How's your day? <laughs> no, uh, what is your, what do you believe mental health is? Or what is mental health to you? So, Jackson. I'll go off what I said last time. And I think like mental health is pretty much the understanding of the factors that contribute to one's like mental state and understanding basically like what can create a positive reaction from someone versus like a negative reaction and how like everyone can balance that throughout their lives. Whoa. Sounded like uh, that was straight from the dictionary. Very yeah, nice. I think. That was Very nice. He really is You've a done some studying. <laughs> Not my first time. Nah. Nice work. No. Nice work. I would say it was just on the same caliber as last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lauren, Still quite what does mental health mean to you? 
Um, well, I think I have a little bit of a different perspective on mental health because for me, I kind of grew up in a household where mental health was not really like discussed or talked about. Yeah. And it was kind of just like pushed to the side. And I think for me, I kinda, when I went to college, it changed my view on it because I met a lot of people that came from a lot of different circumstances and have experienced, had different journeys with their own mental health. So I think going to school and meeting new people has kind of shaped my view on it and like given me a newfound like importance for being aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, like as I'm still learning about it and still like figuring out what it means to me, it's just kind of taking care of yourself and putting yourself first and putting your mental health before anything else. Right, right. You pretty much got it spot on between the two of you. <laughs> you both got it spot on. And something I say every podcast and I'll continue to say is is mental health is something everybody has. Mm-hmm. We all have it. And so we all need to take care of it. Um, so tonight we want to talk about how peer pressure shows up in college and well how it's shown up with you guys and how it affects your mental health um, Mm -hmm. and your relationships with others so what do you guys think about peer pressure first just give us your feedback I mean I think peer pressure is everywhere and I know there's a huge negative connotation with it because it re- originally stems from like when we first hear about peer pressure it's mainly talked about in like developmental stages of our lives like middle school and high school yeah. and how kids around you are gonna suggest doing things that are seen as bad or illegal and but I think in reality it's like peer pressure just it just comes from like society because everyone has this image of society and people kind of just work off of that and so I think especially in college college is seen as like this whole drinking lifestyle and so mm-hmm. people have bought into that and suggest it to like the next person and mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of like how I like view it and just just like honestly just the passing on of like ideas that we think we should be doing I also think that peer pressure can extend to like Jackson said it, it's, it is everywhere and it's with everything and I think a lot of what peer pressure can come from it like extends to the topic of someone having FOMO because it's like your friends are all doing things and your friends are all out and you see it and I think that it's like a subliminal peer pressure and it's mm-hmm. like you don't even know it's there but you like have this constant need to keep up and like be on social media and like make it seem like everything's great and you're having a great time and I think that like it's like the pressure of society almost as mm-hmm. more than just your peers too to like constantly be putting up this front and putting up this appearance to everyone else too. And for those of you listeners who do not know what FOMO means, Lauren, will you, will you give them a little uh, definition of it? Um, well, FOMO is by definition the fear of missing out. Right. And so I think in college that tends to happen a lot because it's very easy to just stay in or just do whatever. And like I think a lot of people have that constant fear and feel the need to constantly be going out and doing all these things, even if it's like not what makes them happy at the end of the day. So maybe they give in to peer pressure yeah. because of it too. Yeah. And that could really affect yeah. someone's mental I th- health. Yeah, I think they're very tied together, uh-huh. to be honest. You do? How yeah. so? Because well, can you elaborate on it? Because it's like when, if your friends are all doing something that necessarily like you don't agree with, but you have this constant fear of like 
being excluded and wanting to be a part of this group and wanting to maintain these friendships, you like have this fear of missing out. So if they're doing something that you might not necessarily agree with, it could pressure you to partake in the activities because you want to have the same memories as your friend, like look back and laugh on them. But in the moment, you might not feel as though mm-hmm. that's like the best thing for you to be doing. Have you guys had experiences with peer pressure since you've been at school in college? And if so, can you give us an example? I mean, I think everyone has in one way or another. I mean, I guess for specifically that I've had numerous times where maybe I've wanted to stay in or I've wanted to like work on a project in school a little bit longer, but I'll have friends who are ready to go out on the weekend and start drinking maybe three hours earlier than I should have started. And I mean, I guess that's probably like one example, but I mean, there's peer pressure like all around us to just like, and just to like, question what we think we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to say something else? No, I mean, I mean, there are, I have thousands of examples of peer pressure. <laughs> you can give us hundreds if you'd like. It's great for us to hear. So feel free at yeah, any what time some, to share. So, so I like that. I, I like um, the context of, of how you talked about school and um, friendships kind of drawing you away from your schoolwork. What are other areas that maybe you've seen it be affected? Or Where peer pressure is affected? Yeah. yeah. Should I come back to you on that one? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I also think you? what he was saying about school and everything and wanting to like split your time and stuff like that, I think me and Jackson are two people that enjoy going out, enjoy having a fun time, and I think it's very easy to kind of create that rep for yourself amongst your friends of like you have a group of people that you can always count on to go out and have a fun time, and that's a good thing. There's no negatives to that, but when it comes to schoolwork and let's say there's one off week where I'm like very, I have a lot of things I have to get done before going out eventually I've like had someone say to me like not even in a harmful way but like come on like you know you're going out like like obviously like let's go like it's just like an assumed thing once you've kind of gotten into your routine of school and people know you're like someone to like go out and have a fun time and it's like hard to balance when there's those off weekends where you're like maybe I should stay in because you've kind of have your group of friends and you all go out together and so I think it's like peer pressure in that way but not even in an intentionally mm-hmm. negative way but it's like mm-hmm. come on like let's go have fun like you don't want to be sitting studying and stuff like that but um, I think that's like heavily when I don't know if you agree but like what I was saying what you were saying about like balancing school and peer pressure and having to struggle to like find those times when you have to be like no I'm staying in or high anxiety yeah high anxiety it's a lot of pressure yeah and you know I think uh with what you were talking about Lauren it it made me really kind of think about how you talked about like the fear of missing out, um, this capacity of people having to feel like they're posting things all the time and being able to keep up with other people. It's almost as if you don't participate in that. Do you feel like because of how fast things move that you're almost disposable then yeah. in some ways? Well, it's, it was even weird because I remember for me one weekend I was like very sick. I had like tonsillitis. I was out for the week. And I remember just seeing on, like, it was a game day that weekend. And I remember seeing all my friends posting at the game day. And, like, yeah, obviously I didn't genuinely think that because I didn't go out that weekend, like, my friends were just going to leave me. But, like, it's definitely, like, a little bit I'm sitting here in bed, they're all together having fun. And, like, if I wasn't sick and didn't have a legitimate reason for staying in, like, I think that'd be a little bit harder for me to just be like I had to work tonight. You know, Mm -hmm. like, it was, it's harder to see it and 
like stay true to like your original values yeah. to present out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. Like I said, going along with anxiety and and different fears mm-hmm. it can bring up. Like you said, you didn't have it, but fears of will these people still want to be my friend? Yeah. Will they want to hang out with me? Will you know? Will 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 mm-hmm. and, and the, what about me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Thank that's you. Good. That's good. What what do you think about that, Jackson? About what Lauren just said? Actually, uh, since like you guys have been talking, I've come with an idea of something I can say now. Yeah. Um, so this is actually more. I want to say probably this began more in high school, more than I want to say college, but it kind of goes on to that. Uh, I grew up in a household that's been obsessed with hosting people and loving to treat others like sharing like me casa su casa yeah mm-hmm. and so very early on in like my earlier friendships i mean still now i was always open to be the one okay everyone come to my house mm-hmm. let's do something definitely here still now. yes definitely <laughs> still now. and so everyone has gotten accustomed to okay jackson's house is the place that we're gonna uh, go and hang out yeah and it just and i'm always fine with that but then it gets to the point where it's people are like okay we're going to your house i'm like well, I mean, I have to ask my family, and they're like, well, we always do this. What's different from this occasion versus the last occasion? And I'm, in all honesty, like, most of the time, there's nothing different, but I always respect my family's boundaries. Yeah. And so I'm always, whenever they ask me, just like, oh, let's go to your house someplace, like, I always say, end up saying yes, but there comes a point where I'm like, I don't want to put my family with, I don't want to have to, like, ruin my household right now. Like, they keep it clean. I don't want to have to keep on, like, having people just ruin our space so wait i'm gonna interrupt you because i have to ask you so why do you always say yes because in the is i it, mean in the, it's is there peer pressure around that there is peer pressure. <laughs> okay and it's meeting people's expectations oh that's yeah that's what it's all about yeah and, uh-huh. it's, and most of the time i'll end up saying yes and i'll succumb to peer pressure to allow people to come do whatever they want to do at my house but and putting your needs on yeah. the back burner or the needs of your family, even though that's so important to you and yeah. such a value to you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just either to please others, not not cause any conflict. That's where the problem like really gets bad is when you're putting other people's like when you're putting other people in front of yourself and you're like valuing what their needs are over yours. Uh huh. And that's where I think peer pressure can get very bad. I would agree. See, like, this was just a minor example, but you. I think that's also what a lot of. I think I that's what a lot of peer pressure is. is yeah. It starts yeah. off as something that's like a minor yeah. thing, and then it slowly. Well, and I yeah. wouldn't say that it's it's even. So it might be minor in the implications that it can have, right? Especially based on how you were raised, right? That's a value that's been incorporated in your childhood and in how your family really presents itself to other other people in their lives, but there's, I mean. It causes a lot of discomfort. It causes um, a boundary, a difficulties in establishing a boundary and in holding a boundary and in incorporating that boundary and even in being able to articulate that boundary sometimes is probably difficult. Yeah. And, and boundaries, I think, is really enmeshed in peer pressure in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, What are these limitations that we're able to say, you know what, this is what I need for me right now and I'm okay with that versus putting your expectations of me on the back burner, right? How do we articulate that to people and be okay with that and feel comfortable with who we are and our identity? And you guys, especially at your age, 
you know, and anybody at any age, really, you know, it's uncomfortable to set a boundary. It's not an easy thing. And I also think it's harder, like something I've noticed is, I think peer pressure is more difficult and more challenging when it's around people that you've known for a while. Hmm. Because like when I'm meeting new people and like, I don't necessarily feel as much peer pressure in those scenarios because like if they don't like me, they don't have to like me. I don't really care. But like when it's people, when we come home, for example, like Jackson was saying, his house, like it's the people we've known for 10 years. And so it's like they feel that they can be, say more about, like they can be more upfront and more blunt and like say what they, and get away with it. And Uh like you eventually just go with it because it's just easier that way. But I think when it's new people, you don't, I don't personally feel it as much because if they want to say like, well, why aren't you doing this? That's so lame. I'll be like, I met you today. I don't really care what you think. That's so interesting because I think, and all my work that I've done I've met so many college students and and thinking about it the other way around Mm -hmm. too where they feel like they can set more boundaries with the people that they're friends with and the new people are the ones that they are more likely to succumb to the peer pressure because they want to fit in so you think it's opposite for you yeah because like new people if they say something to me to try and get me to do something it doesn't necessarily hold any weight Cause it's not like coming yeah. from someone that like I am invested in their lives. I uh-huh. care about what they think about me. I care about anything. If it's like someone I've known for a while and like they, it, I also think when you know someone for a while, that's where like expectations come in. Uh-huh. And so like what Jackson was saying, like people just kind of expected that we'd be going to go into his house and like, yeah. it was just assumed. Yeah. So I think that's when it makes it more difficult when you're like disrupting the natural flow of yeah. the friendship. I agree with Lauren and like chime in. Like I think the hardest thing you can do is like say no to someone you really care about. Mm. I think like that's as opposed like, to someone you just don't exactly. know and don't really care about yeah. at all. What? Why would you tell more about that? Elaborate. I mean, just you're so close to someone, and it's like you're like, oh, like, like for example, my really close friend says, like, let's go to your house. I'm like, I mean, of course. <laughs> like even if I could, I don't really want to. I'm just. It's yeah this person means a lot to me like i'll give in for two hours of my time just to like see this person and just like and i think it also has so much to do with the way you were raised yeah. and the values that you have too exactly. on on what's going to be a priority and again it's so many times people are the opposite of exactly what you said being the person that you do know is the one you can speak up to and say no you know what that really won't work out for me tonight or you know and hold to that because you know them it 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 could be easier because you know them so it's just interesting to hear it because well i know you and i know it has also something to do with the way you were raised and brought up so that's so important to take a look at can i challenge that idea a little bit though Mm -hmm. um so that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I what makes a lot of sense? It makes a lot of sense that it's more difficult to challenge people that you've known for a long mm-hmm. time to say no, to hold a boundary, to maybe disrupt the normal working flow of the relationship and what has been okay in the past yeah. versus maybe what's now not okay. Um, kind of implementing change. But when you when you started at school. Do you feel like, how how did you feel like you responded to peer pressure in a new environment with new people? Do you feel like, so we were talking about sort of imposing um, uh, a moral system 
in older relationships did that moral system of not really caring how people perceive you um, newer people perceive you versus uh, older friendships how did, was that when you were in a new environment with newer people am I making sense yeah did, was that moral system a little bit easier for you to say you know what I, I have a lot more here to lose because we're all getting to know each other so I do need to play into this peer pressure more in, as a freshman than yeah. I do now as a junior I think it's like a lot of in the beginning I don't necessarily think very often I would bend my values I think I would okay. just kind of tend to put on a, like you're kind of playing a role of yeah. like I yeah. think the college student and uh-huh. like you're play like in the beginning like your freshman year I we both went to schools where we knew no one going into it and I was lucky enough that I had a roommate freshman year that was from LA and was ended up being one of my best friends and so I think that we were kind of like in it together yeah and so I think Hmm. it's I definitely think you're putting on a face and you're playing you're putting on this perception to, to like have other people when you first getting to know them yeah but I think when, for me, being in Greek life and being in a sorority, like, I was instantly introduced to, like, 50-plus girls that yeah. I was just instantly supposed to be friends with. Uh-huh. And so I think in the beginning, that was difficult because you, your natural instinct is to just branch off to the people you feel that you're the most similar to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's weird to see the transition, like, coming from sophomore year of being in a sorority to now being in a junior. Yeah. Because those friendships were so temporary and so, like, non-sustainable mm. because you just instantly go to someone that you feel oh, she likes to go out, she likes to do these things, we'll probably be friends. And then once you kind of get to know someone, you kind of form and you find your actual friends. So I don't think it's necessarily like, I have to get all of these people to like me at once. You're just kind of slowly figuring out who you're more like and who you're supposed to be. Who your true people are. And I think that takes time because you're just in an environment where you know no one and you're like figuring out yourself and who you're supposed to be friends with. Well, you bring up Greek life. I would imagine that just multiplies, but yeah. I don't even know how many, the yeah. concept of peer pressure and conforming and, and fitting in, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, it definitely. Would, I also think for girls that? a lot too, because it's just girls can be catty and girls can yes. be judgy. And so like... Also, like me going to Maryland, I was one of the only people from LA. So I think people instantly had a preconceived like notion of who I was and like what I believed in and everything. And I think that kind of instantly put me into the image of someone that liked to party and like to go out. And like I do definitely like to have fun and go out and everything, but uh-huh. I think that there's always a line. Yeah. And I think that I've come to a place where I've surrounded myself with people that have similar values to me so I think and that's why I joined the sorority I joined and not like just the different ones because I think you kind of find the people that won't put you in situations that you feel uncomfortable and if you do feel uncomfortable you always have your safety net of your friends that you can fall back on and and how do you know that so early on you don't. when you're it's that's a yeah. huge risk going into college yeah. you and definitely I was I definitely should have had been more scared going in and I think I wasn't I think I was just like oh it'll be fine I'll figure it out and go and I kind of just the whole time I kind of just faked it till I made it and uh-huh. I was just like went through the, then through the motions did all the everything I felt was like ever you should be doing and now I can say I definitely this semester this year I think I finally was like this is 
my place. I felt like I had a solid foundation. My freshman year roommate actually transferred this year. Mm-hmm. So that was like kind of the rug was being ripped under me because yeah. she was my day one person that I yeah. always had. Yeah. But it almost made me feel more comfortable because mm-hmm. it made me realize I didn't need the safety net. And like I was fine on my own to figure out the whole thing. So it gave you a little more confidence. Yes. Yeah. And you- like honestly like gave me more confidence in the friendships I had. Because it wasn't like me and her name was Molly. It wasn't me and Molly as a pair anymore. Yeah. It was just me. Yeah. And the people that we were friends with still wanted to be friends with just me. So, Lauren, you bring up a really good point because that ties right into mental health. Do you know why? No. Because, (laughs) I'll tell you, um, mental health is about the way we relate to others, uh, the way we problem solve, the way we make decisions, all of that comes into play with our mental health. And that you took that and were able to use it as more knowledge about yourself and and made you actually, like you said, gain more confidence. So yeah. so feel more comfortable in the way you interact with yeah. others and knowing yourself more and feeling like more of a stable sense of self. Yeah. And and easier to get closer to the people maybe yeah. that you wouldn't have taking more risks that you knew were safe kind of safe mm-hmm. risks to take but y- you allow a potentially scary situation to to improve your mental yeah. health yeah actually how are you <laughs> yeah it was yeah. it was actually like crazy because I remember when she first told me I was obviously crying it was because yeah. also for my whole college experience uh-huh. like it was me and her yeah. and we were always the two LA girls and uh-huh. it was like that was just our identity like yeah and then it was just crazy when she left I thought it was going to be this huge drastic change and I'd feel like so lost I was terrified of like yeah. traveling alone and all right. those little things that I didn't really think about and then I think when she left obviously it was sad and everything but I think it was definitely a really good growing experience for me because I was on my own and I was like now it wasn't a pair anymore i was an independent one person ah. and so i think that was a really good experience it could have gone either way yeah and like, that's what i was scared of and right. i was like and well, you, what if? but you can see how that yeah. plays it those are like the small things that we don't think about that play into mm-hmm. our mental health yes and i think it's made me stronger too because like i kind of had a crutch for eight, two years yeah and someone i knew was always going to be there and like for even traveling alone was like something that I was terrified of and I've definitely had my bad experiences with traveling alone. <laughs> I've missed many flights and it's been really bad. I have but too. But yeah, it's, okay. it was, it's been, I've had some experiences but I've definitely like... I'd like to tell you it gets better with age. But yeah, it probably won't. <laughs> it's, it's a struggle sometimes. Yeah. I mean, but it's an LA thing. I'm yeah, going to say it's an LA thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I, I, I got, I've been stuck in traffic and left lane. <laughs> I always <laughs> use the traffic. I was actually curious to just elaborate on um, the idea of you two going to the places you went to school Tennessee and Maryland, what mm-hmm. people perceived the LA person to be like? Because I'm sure you come with the state. Because I've heard that before. From here. Yeah. They just think I'm so different. And it's like... It's like a different breed. <laughs> I mean, I, I go to school in a very conservative Republican area. And uh-huh. so 
here comes this LA kid like off this liberal snowflake <laughs> and in, there will be times in my house where someone will say something like oh sorry we have an LA kid in the house I probably shouldn't have like addressed this oh, issue I'm like wow. I'm like you can talk about this stuff and honestly since going to school there I've almost developed like a very neutral mindset because I grew up in this very democratic liberal area mm-hmm. like an extreme bubble and I thought, oh my God, I am in such a bubble. Wherever else I'll go in the world is completely different. Yeah. But I realized going to school in Tennessee is that they're equally in a bubble of their own. Uh-huh. And we're just in two separate bubbles. Uh-huh. And like, I have to be well, the only neutral it. one to understand these two, the That's two differences. Because right. I can't go in there saying everything I've been taught in my whole life. Because yeah. I know that you've been taught the opposite. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so that was really interesting. Because <laughs> when I first got to school, the whole conception was like, oh, L.A.? You're vegan, you're gluten-free, you surf. I'm like, no, not, not really, but like, sometimes. I could see how, sometimes, I could see how you could think that. Like, I guess it depends on the restaurant, and the other two are probably a hard no, but I'll let you think but that. you could see how that could have, peer pressure in that respect, could affect your mental health. I think the hardest thing was when people would judge me from what I from where I was not uh-huh. anything I've ever done to them yeah. anything I've ever said but just where I grew up mm-hmm. they just already had this preconceived idea of me right I think it's honestly very isolating in a way yeah because yeah. like it's think. not like a school like Michigan or Indiana where there's a huge amount of right. kids from California yeah like for me all my friends are pretty much from New York New Jersey and uh-huh. like I, it's kind of become an ongoing joke with my friends, but like if I ever will say anything about LA, it's instant like, oh really? Like, are you from LA? Like, oh really? Like, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And it like somehow became like a part of my identity, mm-hmm. which like I never thought was ever gonna be a part of my identity. Yeah. Yeah. But like people refer to me as the girl from LA, like, like I'm just LA. because it's so rare and they don't. It's such an unknown territory to them. Uh-huh. But like it's it's interesting how it like almost turns into like he was saying like people are like almost like roasting you. Yeah. From from LA. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like oh really like you're so cool like you like grew up and like you went to school in Calabasas like. Like, I mean, I guess it, you can think of it that way. It was just the way I was, like, it was just the world I came from. Like, to me, it wasn't yeah. anything crazy. Yeah. And I even said to my little brother when I went to school the first year, I was like, you will never realize how cool it is being from L.A. Right. until you go to college. <laughs> right. Because it's this huge deal to everyone mm-hmm. else because they're just, they're all friends. Like, they're all from one town who, like, they grew up knowing all the same people and then they, like, meet someone from across the country and it's, like, this crazy concept that I never thought was going to even play a factor and and why would you and yeah Yeah. and it could have gone either way with you talking about it Jackson like what you walked into early on and and all these kids kind of whispering or or don't talk about that because he's from LA that could have caused you to I want to isolate and want to hide and go bring you like more into depressed mood and affected your mental health? I See, I, yes, I kind of just embraced it, though. I kind of embraced being different and being isolated and instead of, like... Well, because you also realize they're saying, they're, like, saying these things about, like, L.A. Like, yeah. it's not, like, really an insult. At the end no, of the it's not. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not. Like, it's, like, but, they're kind of, if anything, they're, it's a it's, from a judge. But it's your identity. They're envious. Yeah. 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 But yeah. when you go there and you're alone mm-hmm. and you don't know anybody... You don't have any, like, backup. It's that uh, that could be really scary. I mean, even though yeah, you're the cool one from LA, and it comes with all these really like cool things. Still, it almost puts you in this space right away of of 
maybe like you have to live up to that some way. Yeah. As I don't know if it did for you or not. I actually had kind of a funny story with that. Please share so with us. So my <laughs> first ex- my first week at Tennessee, uh, he's so being from LA, we I never had seen this at anything, but we're in a dorm. I'm in a dorm room with maybe four guys. Three of them are from Tennessee. One was from out of state. And two of the guys from Tennessee, like, pack lips of tobacco and started chewing tobacco. And this is something I've never seen before. Yeah. And so they put the, they put tobacco in their lips and uh-huh. they start spitting into these plastic bottles. And I'm horrified. <laughs> I had never seen this. I'm like, this is disgusting. What are you guys doing? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you've never seen this? Like, pack a lip, do all this. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and so this whole time, they're like, this kid's soft. Like, this kid doesn't want to do this. Like, this yeah. LA kid thinks he's higher than all of us. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, I've just never seen this. And I don't want to do any of this. But like, <laughs> like that was, that was wild. That was the yeah. first time at Tennessee when I felt, yeah, I'm definitely not from this place. And so what did you do with that? How did it affect you? It didn't. I mean, it affected me because I mean, I got, I was exposed to new things, but it was almost, I almost just kind of like a, like, cause they've, they've been doing it their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I wasn't going to completely like push back that idea of ever doing it. I was kind of, it almost made me think about like the way they all grew up uh-huh. and the way they were all introduced to those things. Cause that was probably passed on by like, not, maybe not their families, just but traditions culture. from their hometowns right. and their yeah. culture. Yeah. And so I think just from doing all that, I'm just, I'm. I definitely don't push anything away now. I'm more just accepting of other things. I may not participate in those acts, but I'm yeah. more like, I'm interested. I'm kind of so like, have you packed a lid? I have not. Okay. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still true to my word. That, okay. That yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Like, disgusts me. Okay. You can say no to peer pressure. Yeah. I was just going to say the same yeah. exact yeah. thing. You're still sticking to what you believe in. Uh-huh. And well, I would be curious to, to think, uh, going back, if someone tried getting me to do it in high school, if I would have done it. And? That's I'll, interesting. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure, but like I think it's just like as I've gotten older, I've gotten. I don't. I don't think anyone's resilient to, to peer pressure, but I think as I've gotten older, like Lauren said earlier, like it's not about like bending your values. I think it's been like about like less bending your values, more expanding your interests. Because at this point, I know what Ooh. I. I know what I like. Yeah. And I know oh, what that I don't was like. good. Can we just yeah. say that one more time? For me, <laughs> for I'm me, serious. peer pressure is less about. Uh, bending your values and for me at this point it's maybe about expanding my interests because I, I know I, I know who I am at this point like as I've yeah. gotten older like I don't necessarily I don't necessarily want to do certain things and so I'll be times when I'm peer pressured to do like going out but like something like packing a lip when I'm a 20 when I'm 20 years old I'm like no I don't need to do that mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm fine with not putting tobacco in my mouth yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so do you guys know the um, peers or peers where it's been different and they have given in to peer pressure and it has affected their mental health. Yeah, for sure. Can you share some examples or an example? I think for me from a girl's perspective, I think a lot of, I think, well, this isn't obvious, but I think girls tend to be very heavily influenced by guys mm-hmm. and like have tend to, they tend to have a large effect on them. And I think I have one, one friend I can think of specifically, I think not even necessarily peer pressure, but like, I guess you could consider it like, just like the pressure, guys them putting pressure on girls and things like mm-hmm. that. And one of my friends went through a phase where she would fall to this pressure. And like, I remember every time I'd say to her, I'd be like, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you are going to feel awful. And it's, she's like, no, it's fine. It's in the moment. I'm having fun. And then eventually she'd wake up the next day and I'd, she'd call me and she'd be having like a panic attack because she'd be like, 
why did my drunk self think this was a good idea? Why did I do this? And it made me sad to a point because it wasn't a one-time thing. Like, it was something that happened over the whole time I've known her. And so it's kind of, for me, I think it's sad because these people can know they're putting themselves in a situation that is going to affect their mental health, but Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. moment think it's worth it and think it's a fun time and a fun story and something like college Mm -hmm. crazy and just doing, being young and whatever. And then they wake up and they're like, they realize that that was so not what they would have done if they were in a sober mindset. And like, I've seen this specific girl that I'm thinking of just like cry her eyes out for hours Mm. and just like for weeks, she like once I've just refused to go to therapy, refused to talk to anyone about it. And it was just so hard for me as a friend because to like, not even to like not get mad at her because I was like, you're doing this to yourself and you know, you're doing it to yourself Mm -hmm. and you keep doing it. And it's just so, it just comes from all this pressure of being in college and like the hookup culture of college and like thinking you have to do whatever because a guy's talking to you one night and whatever. And it just makes me sad because I've seen it firsthand multiple times where like for weeks after she's just very unstable and very, and then the next week, the next time we go out, it just happens again. And it's this like continuous cycle. Mm -hmm. And I think that like that pressure from like coming from a girl's perspective can be extremely like destructive because that makes you question like your yourself and like your own decisions and your self-worth and I think that like yeah. goes deeper than like yeah maybe I shouldn't have had an extra shot because like you'll wake up you'll be hungover and you'll get over it but like decisions you make that actually affect you long term I think yeah. are like really hard really hard yeah and it's even worse when it just like you don't learn from it mm-hmm. and it's hard to sympathize and it's hard being the friend on the other end yeah, who sees to, yeah. what's happening yeah. and is verbalizing it and saying it, and they're still not seeing it. Yeah. And they're not willing to, to get help for it. Right? Yeah, and that's yeah. something, like, for this friend, like, it's I have, like, two really close friends at school, and it's one of my close friends, and my other friend, her name's Eve, and we'll always talk about it, and we'll be like, I just don't get it. Like, why does she do this to herself? Like, it's yeah. so hard, and we'll be out. And my friend Eve will call me and she like, she went home with this guy. Like, I can't do it anymore. Like, why is she doing this to herself? And it's just so hard because it's like, you need to learn this lesson eventually. You can't keep waking up and having panic attacks and like, keep going through this negative cycle. And it's yeah. like hard as a friend because I can only do so much and I can only say so much when she's out and having fun and thinking this is the best decision. And then knowing that I'm going to see her the next day and she's going to be upset. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. And it's a lot of pressure on you, too, as yeah. a friend. Right. Well, because, like, for example, my friend Eve will be like, I can't listen to it anymore. Like, I can't do it. And I've always been the type of friend that's like, I'm going to listen. Like, I'm going to be there for you. But, like, I don't agree with your decisions. Yeah. And I don't, I'm going to tell you that. But, like, at the end of the day, if you keep messing up, I'm going to keep being there. But, like, it's definitely a lot on me just to constantly, like, have to tell her again and again that you're making the wrong decision. And I commend you for being able to be so honest, though, and verbalize and say, you know, I see what you're doing and I care about you and it's not okay. I'll still be your friend, but you need to know how I feel. And it's coming from a loving, caring place. And it's hard to say that and then have it still happen again. Because then it kind of turns to anger and it's really hard. What can I do? You want to be compassionate. But at the same time, how are you supposed to still be compassionate when somebody, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. Yeah. 
What do you think about that with the hookup culture? That is a form of peer pressure, most yeah, definitely. A, I think it's a very, very big form of peer pressure. It's definitely a terrible aspect of like the college life because it, it just happens so much, and like out of, it's almost it's almost out of our control at this point. Like you offer help, you offer guidance to these people, but in the, in the end, like the, like the influence of like just like a boyfriend or a girlfriend can have such a detrimental effect on like what they do and like the decisions people make i would like in terms of professional in college i think my like not my personal experience but like of what i've seen of like really bad cases is probably stemmed with like drugs and like the because i mean everyone drinks and everyone smokes in high school but college is where everyone's exposed to new things and i mean for example like i've had this is a weird example, but I have a group of friends who smoke weed, but they don't necessarily smoke wax and dabs, which is a concentrated form of THC. And I, and it's not that my friend was pressured into <clears throat> smoking this wax, but just because everyone else is doing it, he felt, oh, maybe I should do it. Mm-hmm. And the problem with smoking wax is that it definitely does get you higher, but the more you do it, the less like how you'll get at one instance and so you have to keep on doing it more and I just kind of saw like a victim of this where my friend who was very studious and very like put together in school and not it wasn't even like like a personal like peer pressure it was just like everyone else was doing it around him and so he started smoking wax and smoking wax more to the point where you kind of he kind of looked like a zombie he like lost inspiration and focus in school and he's never said it's a direct cause for it, but he eventually dropped out and like being an outside view of it, I think it was definitely like a part of that. I also think yeah. it desensitizes it when all your friends are doing it. Because yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. if they're doing it, it's probably fine. And it's probably yeah. not going to change me. Well, I would agree. And it is a form of different kind of pressure. Like there's covert and overt, um, overt being um, uh the direct peer pressure and the covert being like the more indirect kind of pressure maybe the the other people aren't putting the pressure on you directly but it comes more from like you were saying from within you wanting to be a part of it not that they're being the ones who are trying to draw it out of you so much you know in uh the uh both of these stories, I mean, maybe more so yours, Lauren, makes me think about when we did our sex and relationships podcasts, and something one of one of the participants said um, was really insightful, and it was really interesting. It's this: she made a remark about this kind of dichotomy where there's all this pressure to sleep with somebody, and you go out, and then. Um, if you decide you don't want to participate, then you you know you get a lot of slack for not taking home anybody. Whereas if you do take home somebody and they are you know maybe not the pick of the I don't know, what do you call it crop. the cream of the crop or you know the top pick, then you get a lot of slack for that too. And so it's almost like a lot of people feel like there's criticism either way. Yeah. Right. And I also think that when you were saying about taking someone home, like from a, again, from a girl's perspective, obviously, I think that a lot of times there's that pressure because I've like had conversations with people where they'll be like, well, if I go home with him, I'm going to sleep with him. And I'm like, well, you don't have, like, you don't have to, 
like that's not like and she's like well it's like that's implied like that's like what's gonna happen and it's like we have for my sorority we have our formal and it's an overnight formal in dc and i think when everyone's inviting guys to this there's they're all like terrified because they're like i don't know who i want to spend a night in a bed with like Mm -hmm. and it's this constant like pressure that if you feel that if you go home with someone if you you just like feel the need that like you don't really know like where the line is where you can say no Mm -hmm. and it's like just it's i think in college it's just so assumed that you're gonna sleep with someone and it's just Mm -hmm. like if you see your friend leaving with a guy it's like oh okay it's just like an assumption thing Mm -hmm. and i think that's what makes it really hard too because it puts a lot of girls in tough situations because it's like you could go home with someone and have be having fun but then it's like oh i don't really necessarily want to have sex with you like i don't know you like whatever and then girls can get backlash for that from guys because it's like she came home with me she's such a tease like and it's like no i just i don't feel comfortable like and it's just hard for i think for a lot of girls and i think a lot of girls fall victim to that pressure because it's like it's just easier if i do this and it's just like they lose their own values because it's like it's just like i I, i'm already here i might as well and i think it like makes it less it just once again it just desensitizes it and easier for who they yeah. say like it makes you said yeah. it makes it easier. Who does it really make it easier for? Yeah. In the end, doesn't make it easier it for anybody. But in the moment, you're just like, well, this is just what's assumed is going to happen, so I guess I'll go with it. Uh-huh. But even if you go into the night and have no intention of that happening, and I think it's hard because I think a lot of girls that are, can be like insecure, and so I think that they think that that's the solution, and mm-hmm. like that's what's going to make them happy, and that's what's going to make a guy like them. And I think because college, like, it's so weird to me because in high school, that was never the standard. And, like, in high school, you would, like, kiss a guy at a party and, like, they talk about it the next day in the hallway. But, like, in college, it's just, like, you'd, everyone just makes this huge jump to sex. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, when did that happen? And, like, well, this is a year later and now everyone's just assuming you're going to have sex. And it's, like, all these crazy freshmen, like, being, like, released from their parents and just, like, doing all these things. And it's just, like, a crazy switch in the expectations of girls and I think it's just a lot of pressure and a lot of people don't know how to handle it because then they wake up and they feel awful about themselves so there's so many kids who come home from college freshman year because it was just too much much. and it affected their mental health and they ended up I've worked in so many treatment centers and have come across so many college students who have come home um, during that first year yeah, yeah because the it's so age, much right it's crazy because you just have you're all of a sudden you're independent mm-hmm. and you're 18 years old and, and you have no idea how to be independent and again it's not necessarily that the pressure comes from the kids outside there but it's your own pressure mm-hmm. you put on yourself yeah. your internal pressure that you put on and you don't even you know you don't you're not taught about that yeah. before you go way to college and even if you are it's hard to prepare for what's ahead of you and I think it's weird because I'll even see like in group conversations like if one girl let's say like one of my friends doesn't really partake in that college hookup culture and like just that's just who she is she's not the type to do that like even like jokingly like people make comments and be like you never like you never go hook up with guys like it's like this weird like standard but it's just like everyone's just like expected to do this and like if you don't you're like lame and you just don't partake in it which I think is like sad what is your outlook on that on on her boundary what do you think what do you think about um when she when you 
when she represents that as yeah. part of who she is. I, res- I mean, I that. respect it. And I think yeah. that, I think people, I honestly have more, way more respect for girls like that. Because I think uh-huh. in the end, like, I think everyone goes, I, from my experience, I think a lot of people go through their phase in college where they're like free and can do what they want and they do that. Yeah. And then by junior year, I think people tend to have dialed it back and like understood that like, mm-hmm. they, they're like, you wake, you're still, it's not, it's not going to change anything drastically on whether you go out and have a crazy night. And like, if anything, the girls that constantly do that, I think eventually start to feel more negatively towards themselves because mm-hmm. they're like searching for something that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily there. And I think the girls that are just like, I don't need that and don't dive into that and just choose to not. I think those are the girls that eventually like just have so much more respect for themselves and it shows in their like who, how they present themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's very obvious, I think, to me to pick out of a crowd those girls versus in, like eventually through college. How so? Can you elaborate on that? Like just like even you... the way like the way they hold themselves and like for example, my roommate this year, um, she has had like a long term boyfriend and never really was one to dad participate and I think she has much more I think she has honestly stronger values on it because she has been able to like see girls go through that and see the negative aspects and like the negative like what it can bring negatively to a girl and just have an outside perspective on it and realize that's not a positive thing to be partaking in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think they just hold themselves to a higher standard and then the mental health issues so let's say they they get depressed in response to that could feed them into making the bad decisions and succumbing to the peer pressure and just diving you deeper and then it just becomes a very vicious cycle and i'm sure like it's the same with guys because i think guys probably have even more of an expectation with girls where it's like i feel like it's so much pressure to always have like a girl around and be doing those things I agree I mean like that, especially with all those like invitations and all those like date parties it's like it's it's just it's crazy like if you if, as a guy if you don't bring home the girl it's like oh like what are you doing what is a and date like, party it Lauren kind of touched on it earlier it's like it's in Greek life it's like you'll have these like events that your fraternity or sorority hosts and it's basically like you have to find a date for it, and you. Get oh, to bring it. Yeah. okay. That's I have a, date a party. perfect for just on the topic. A perfect okay. example of the pressure of it is my sorority has an event called Screw. Uh huh. And the whole thing of it is you get set up with a guy randomly. You're not supposed to know who it is going into the night, and the name comes from you either screw or you get screwed. So it's like, like you either got set up with this really weird guy didn't work out or you have a great night and you end up going home with him and it's like this weird just like like that's the name of our official right. date party <laughs> it's like it's screw <laughs> and it's Whoa. like yeah and it's just Whoa. that's automatically like and then the next day in our group me everyone will be like who like which one was everyone like did you get screwed did you and it's just this weird pressure to like what if you actually get set up with the guy that you really like but you don't want to have sex with exactly him? Or, yeah, like... I actually, in my experience with Screw, I met, this was like sophomore year, and I ended up meeting this great guy. And he, I was like with him, I ended up being with him the entire semester. And I remember that night, I was like, I'm not going home with you. 
mm-hmm. and he was like what like <laughs> like like and I was just like I've met you today like I'm not and then and it ended up turning into something that lasted the whole semester and ended up being kind of a relationship yeah and I think it's so and I think he's he told me after that night like once I got to know him more he's like I had so much respect for you mm-hmm. because like you set your back like you, I was mm-hmm. just like at the end of the day like I'll hang out with you we can go whatever but I'm not I'm not sleeping with you. Like, I like how you honored yourself from the get-go. Yeah. And, and I said it to his face. Put it out there. I was like, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm, I'll go home with you. I'm not sleeping right. with you. And then the great thing about that, too, is you've already said it. And yeah. then if you're drinking, you know, yeah. you've made yourself clear. Yeah. And you've stated it. And that's really important Yeah, and to I think that's that. what, to, like, set your guidelines, to set your, like, restrictions from the beginning. Uh-huh. Because, like, no matter how drunk you get, you've already, like, established that yeah. that's not happening. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And I remember waking up the next day feeling so happy. Because I was like, I Relieved. stuck to myself. Like, I didn't do anything I regretted. And, and it could so, have easily gone the other way. So yeah. that affected your... I'll bring back to mental health. Your <laughs> mental health in a positive way, mm-hmm. again, yeah. because... It made you feel really good about the choice that yeah. you made. And he like still texted me the next day. He still had an interest in me. And I was like, it's not all about that. Like, he right. clearly he likes me Give as a human. Give you reassurance, yeah. And, yeah. which makes you feel better about the yourself. More, yeah. And going, yeah, well, that actually worked. Mm-hmm. And having a successful outcome of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, and who knows, had you not had a successful outcome on the other end, who knows how it would have yeah. gone. But it went this way. And... And yeah. I was probably the first girl to probably ever say that to this right. kid. Right. Like, there's not, most people, it's just like, okay, you're at my dated event. Like, I'm, it's just like, a, it's like, it's weird with date parties because it's just like this weird assumed thing. I didn't know. It there's was an overlying that. assumption. Yeah. yeah. What's, you know what assume stands for? Stands for? You make an ass out of oh. you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard yeah, that yeah, before? Yeah. Have you guys so ever you were talking about date parties too. Do you have any any examples of date parties going awry or well no I just kind of it's such a weird like double standard with our society because like I wasn't going to say anything specific but it's weird how like for a guy you're expected to go home with someone or you get called out but if you do end up going home with someone it's oftentimes like oh good job whatever for girls though there's this whole mm-hmm. thing where it's like if the girl doesn't go home with the guy she's a prude but if the girl doesn't the girl goes home with the guy she's, 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 she's a, a slut, slut. Yeah. yeah and you're like well, where can you win? Yeah, like there, there's no <laughs> winning there. There's, there's no balance. Right, sway. But I think that's why there's so much pressure, because you yeah. lose either way. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and you look at that word, right? Slut. So, like, such a, how do such men a describe word. other men who go home with a lot of women, right? They, they call them a pimp. Yeah, like, they, right? They, they, or they, they hype them up. That's a really they, good yeah. point. Right? So and those words, those two comparative words have such different <laughs> connotations to them. So you didn't tank. There you go. We have our dogs here again. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like that word. Um, yeah, that's it's it's wild. I don't know, that's that, really sad, that is that's interesting though. The choice yeah. of words that are used. That is so sad. Yeah, it's so dehumanizing. Yeah, like yeah, it just it puts is. this title over you that you didn't des- like. You don't deserve necessarily. And yeah. I think it's weird because like a guy and, and like they can be labeled as a player. Yeah, and yeah, to, yeah. Like, to a girl, like from what I've seen, if it's like, oh, don't worry, he's a, like, watch out, he's a player. Like, that's not even necessarily like a bad thing. I feel like a lot of no, girls like not. look at that as like a challenge because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, maybe like I'll be the one that like he changes for. And like, 
But then when it's like two guys talking and they're like, oh no, she's a slut. Like they'll just be like, okay, whatever. Yeah, she puts out, she's not really. It's it's more, yeah, but from my understanding too, is mad having like been involved in conversations like that too. Like when, when other men are having a conversation where we're, there's females that have been described as sluts or said that oh yeah she'll, oh she puts out it's almost like she's been typecast into this role where she you can fuck her but she'll fuck anybody so it's nothing don't special. get yeah it's nothing special don't get stuck on her because you know it really she'll she'll have sex with anybody but and that you just makes really that girl seem like she's yeah. disposable of, yeah yeah, yeah, totally. It's just objectifying people. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen girls just get into that where they get that reputation. And, like, I have a friend that's crazy and she does crazy things. And, like, she obviously ended up gaining a reputation for being that girl and being a slut and being whatever. And then she's abroad right now and she texted me the other day and she was in tears. And she's like, these guys just came up to me and were like, well, why won't you have sex with me? And she's like, that doesn't just, because I, like, it's like, she was freaking out, and I was like, it's awful, but it's kind of the reputation that she's given herself, but it's mm-hmm. hard when it's like, that's not who she is. And, yeah. But then it's like, guys just take that, oh, she's a slut, she's easy, so then they treat her like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but like, when a guy's a player, like, guys kind of put that that's on the pedestal. That's valued. Yeah. Versus, For a woman, like, it's devaluing her. Yeah. Yep. Crazy thing in our society. Yeah. Awful. It's, it is awful. So I... I, I would like to understand a little bit more about the peer pressure and how that had to do with the Greek life. Because like, Greek life, yeah, there's a lot of peer pressure around drinking, but a lot, oftentimes I think, like you see it in the media too, and just the hazing aspect of Greek life and the things that kids are put through. I mean, I had a client one time who was in, he was in a fraternity, and he would describe pledging kids as locking them in rooms and closets and for hours on end between their classes. Essentially, what, he, what they would do is if somebody was pledging for their fraternity, they would send the schedule, their class schedule, to the fraternity brothers. And the fraternity brothers would have to abide by not doing things during those class times. But outside of the class times, they could do anything they wanted with them. So they would make drinks with chew it, chew, so tobacco chew. Uh, they would put eggs and make them drink things. They would make them drink to the point of obliteration. And you know, you see that stuff in the media all the time where, the, you know, with um, I think it was Penn State, the kid fell down, passed out and hit his head several times and he ended up, you know, trying to find help by like crawling around the house and then passing out several times and he ended up dying. but there's this big load of peer pressure for people to kind of one up to take it to these extremes. Mm-hmm. Did you guys experience any type of peer pressure with hazing or anything like that? And we know you uh, can only say so much. I, I personally did not, but I definitely have yeah. friends who have, like, have had plenty of experiences with it. Yeah. And just like, it's weird though, because like when you're going through it, a lot of like blood ship, I think they pose it as voluntary. So if like you don't feel comfortable with anything, you yeah. can step down. Yeah. Which would make you think, okay, like that's cool, like yeah, like people won't. Sounds good, about it. but it's exactly. so about that. <laughs> but then there's like we're going back to assumption. Every all the brothers of the fraternity, everyone has done, has theoretically gone through this hazing before, 
why shouldn't you have to go through it? Like, yeah. why are you better mm. than them? Exactly. Like, why are you better than your brothers? And that you thought don't have of, like, putting yourself ahead of everyone almost, like, influences people to go, to, like, accept the hazing. Yeah. To accept this kind of torture they have to go through for however many weeks. I also think it's, like, brainwashing. Because I've talked to guys about it, and, like, they'll tell me stories, and, like, I can't even hear some of the stories, because I think they're just so awful. And girl hazing is not even, a, like, really a thing. You just kind of, like, talk and cry your feelings out. But like, um, but like, I'll hear stories of guys, and they'll be telling me these awful things that they had to do, and they'll be like, and then at the end of the story, they'll be like, you know, but I'm actually happy I went through it because it made me who I am today, and it made me understand myself more, and like, and they have this like weird brainwash effect on them. Well, they'll be like, yeah, but now I'm a brother, and like, I'm in the fraternity, and like, I I'm like so much stronger because of it, and I'll be like, there's so many other ways that you can figure out who you are yeah. besides like being drenched in beer and throw up and like all these gross things that they have to go through and like they are told for six weeks however long that like this is the only way and this is like the way that they have to what they have to go through in order to understand the brotherhood and like all these crazy things and it's just like they all believe it because it's what they've been told and like yelled at and like reinforced well and then also it gives them an excuse to do that to other people yeah and then they're so excited when there's a new punch class because they're like Oh, now they have to go through all these things. And I've, like, been in cars where one of the pledge masters for one of the fraternities I'm friends with was in my class. Yeah. And he had a pledge ride to take him home. And he was actually the pledge master. Uh-huh. And he, this guy was not even allowed to make eye contact with him. He couldn't even speak. Like, they're treated like subhumans for, like, six weeks. And then once they're out of it, they're so excited to put someone else through it. And it's, like, so sad because it's such a negative introduction to, like, your quote brotherhood and it's like you're just bullying these kids mm-hmm. and then you're just That's so excited to bully She's the bullying. next ones uh-huh. yeah you hate doing it so much that it makes you hungry to do it to, to do it to the next person to continue it on and that's yeah. why, in a sense, like hazing never ends because one person went through it and it's unfair if they don't get to do it to the next. Also, I can add into the whole like there's no like hazing with girls, so I would say there's like less of it to an extent, but I know there's like one. I can't confirm this, but there's like one story at my school that there's one sorority that obviously the girls don't have to go through any hell or anything, but there's this thing where they have to have two of three things going for them whenever they go out. It's either their hair has to be done, their makeup has to be done, or they're like wearing like a presentable outfit. And like there have been stories where like the, like the sorority will like crack down people who don't follow through two of the, those three things. And so while it might not be physical torture, there's still like an appearance hazing that's going on. Well, I also think my sorority was different because I actually was hazed. And yeah, I was, like everyone laughs, like it was hazing. But like it was legitimate, like I was not allowed to go out for six weeks. I was in a room with my whole pledge class for six weeks, like sitting on the floor in a circle in a hot room. Like, yeah, you're talking about your experiences and your life and you're, it's like sober music. So there's no like drinking aspects of it, but like... A lot of girls would leave crying because, like, you're being yelled at by someone you don't even know and you're having to share these parts of you that you've never shared with anyone. And But it, for me, like, I can definitely see how, like, I almost fall victim to the, brain, the brainwash of it because I'm like, I wouldn't be as close with these girls if I didn't go through this and I know yeah. everything about all these mm-hmm. girls yeah. because of it. Yeah. And I think, like, my version of hazing is it can be looked at as negative, but I also think there are some positives because it's like a clean version of it. Well, that's like almost team bonding. The dangerous part of that and hearing the way you're sharing that is that at that age, do you feel like you would have been capable to handle if somebody really shared something intimately that was 
really heavy. Yeah. And yeah, it, there was so many times where I was just like sitting in this room with girls. I didn't even know their names yet. And they would stand up and share the worst thing that's ever happened to them. That's a lot yeah. of pressure. And it was crazy for me because like, I mean, I grew up in a house, like a, I had a very normal upbringing yeah. and I was just like hearing all these crazy things. And I was like, I don't, I don't have anything. Like I was like, I was thinking like, and all these, like these girls who had suffered from severe anxiety, like her whole life and was like her mom like just different stories that you're just like oh my god like people really but it like opened my eyes to so like yeah. to so many things because yeah. I was like people it honestly gave me like a new respect for people because I was like you have no idea what anyone's going through or like yeah. what they've been through and like if I met these girls in a different context I'd never know her mom used to have cancer and she used to have like it's stuff like that and it's like it kind of gives you a, a perspective where it's like when you're meeting someone you kind of have to you just you have no idea what they've been through in their life and yeah. what brought them to like where you are right now. Yeah. And I think like learning all of these crazy stories and hearing all these crazy things was just so eye opening to me because it's like everyone has a story. But what but what story. I hear is that you also see that it can be so humiliating yes. and so shaming. Yeah. For somebody who maybe has um more unstable mental health from mm-hmm. from the beginning and comes in with maybe some um you know undiagnosed yeah. anxiety and right and then it, it that could actually feed it and yeah. worsen it well like for just a specific story that i remember this like stuck with me forever it was like the first day of pledging and and we were all sitting in a circle and everyone had to stand up introduce themselves and there was one girl in my pledge class who has a very naturally, like, very deep voice. Like, she almost sounds like a boy type thing. Mm-hmm. And she stood up, and our pledge mom was like, wait, like, why do you sound like a boy? And instantly, this girl just starts crying. Oh. And we were all like, what? Like, what's going on? And she just breaks down and literally starts bawling her eyes out. And we're like, what's happening? And she gathers herself, and she goes, for my whole life, I've been bullied for my voice. And oh, she wow. was just, and everyone instantly was like, F you to the pledge mom like how dare you say that to her and like kind of gives you a common enemy and like makes you like bond bond because it's like everyone in that room you could just see was like I had her back and yeah, was like how could you say that? her yeah and it kind of just makes you realize like you can't just say something because that girl she has a deep voice and if you point it out it's like that's she's been dealing with that her entire life and here it was the quote-unquote adult of the room yeah who did it yeah and so it's just and it was like, it was the yeah. other college students her peers knew how to have her back yeah. and protect her. And that was like the first day we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. Uh-huh. And she just broke down crying, and we were like, "This is about to be heavy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's about oh, to be." Oh yeah, that is intense. Yeah, and I think it also made me realize a lot of things about my life that I didn't. I kind of shrugged off as like not really an issue because I was, like I said, I grew up in a place where like mental health wasn't as discussed. And so I think I like through that process, I realized that certain things in my life probably affected me more than I thought that they did. Interesting. And like I was just like, oh, maybe that did kind of make me who I am. Because like, it doesn't me. mean that something bad happened no. to you. It, but it's just like but, the, but the experience. But even if it was bad, and I was like, it's fine at the right. time, and right. I was like, it's it's no big deal. I'll get over it. I'll move past it. But like going through that, I was like, maybe there are some things that like I. Yeah. struggled with and like should have not pushed to the side uh-huh, uh-huh. and it like brings it all to the surface well I have to backtrack because you used the word normal you said from a normal family 
you remember oh, yeah. saying that. Yeah. So I'm from a normal family. You know, oh, and I'm from a normal family too. Well. Your family is spectacular. Normal. Yes, yes. they're very normal. Uh, what do, What did you mean by that? I think on paper, very normal. Yeah. Like, yeah what yeah. does it mean on paper? Even? Like yeah. on paper, like my family is a member of a country club. Like okay. my brothers play golf. Like I grew up playing. Te- like on paper, there's. Your parents are still together. My parents are still together. Okay. I'm like, it's. I went to a private school. Like, I'm like, comfortably. Like, it's just like on paper. It just would assume that like, I had a very, by the book. It stable, looks good. Uh, yeah. Stable yeah. upbringing. Yeah. yeah. And could some of that upbringing like been a little overbearing too. Yeah, and, and I think I didn't even necessarily like realize it until I was out of it and realized it wasn't as normal as I thought. Like mm-hmm. I have had like me, like for example, like I've butt heads with my dad my entire life and I like never really thought it was that big of an issue. I was like everyone fights with their parents. Like I'm in a normal family, like it's like it's fine. I'll get through it. It'll be fine. And then you kind of just realize as you get older, it's like that shouldn't be the norm like that shouldn't be like something you're just used to and it was just kind of something I didn't even really realize at the time because my brother went through it and I saw him go through it so I was like oh I'm about to go through the same thing and my little brother same thing and it's just like it kind of just makes you realize that maybe it's not as normal as you thought Mm -hmm. can I say something though please do but would it be more normal if you grew up in a family where the parents like disregarded you and showed less attention because I feel like if they're butting I think heads, there is no normal family. Yeah, I mean, there I is think no normal, like, but, yeah. like, but like, what would be like the better case? Because I mean, I guess growing up it would be nice if like your parents didn't bother you about certain things, but they're bothering you because they're trying to like treat you the best way possible. And if they think steering you in this direction, even if there's conflict, like they may think that might might be the best solution. Yeah, there is part of it that has to do with who the kid is. Yes. Like what characteristics what, does that person yeah, do they bring into the relationship? Yeah, the because what can be beneficial in the way one parents for one kid could really not work in regards yeah. to another kid because no two kids are the same. But unfortunately, most parents parent all their children exactly the same versus parenting them based on their uniqueness because parenting doesn't come with the handbook no the, you know parents don't know any different they're doing the best they can with the tools they have no parent wants to be a bad parent yeah. right of course. so it it has to do also with who the kid is genetically and I think for me that was prevalent because I have two brothers and mm-hmm. so like my dad's like a man like he, mm-hmm. he treats like my brothers like boys and like when he was when I was in the middle and coming up through the same thing like I think a lot of times he because I mean I'm obviously just more sensitive than my older brother and I think he'll he would sometimes like argue with me in the same way that he would argue with my brothers and I think not necessarily and like when I would for example if I would ever cry and I hate crying in front of my dad but like when if I would ever cry I'd be like act like an adult like let's have a mature mm-hmm. conversation like why are you using emotions like mm-hmm. and it's like I don't want to be crying right now it's just like happening and I think it's like harder 
to like you were saying to distinguish between kids because yeah. he could yell at my brother all he wanted and my brother's not going to start right. crying but like for me it was just a natural thing that started to happen and I grew to like hate crying mm-hmm. because like I hated that it was looked at as like being a child mm-hmm. and because he was not used to it it wasn't used to a girl and like it was just like for me like he would just be like why are we acting like, why are you acting like a child and I'm mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm just like my emotional reaction so with crying then would have meant at some level that if you cry yeah love will be taken yeah away from and it you. just like took it away from my argument in my in my perspective it took away from my credibility I have a like question. A, you said something to the effect of um, being the only girl, I was obviously more sensitive. So what did you mean by that, Lauren? Being I think, obviously more sensitive. Um, because I think that the way I was raised, my dad's like a very macho man. Mm-hmm. And so like he, he's very big on like being a man. And mm-hmm. I think when, like, when we were younger, the, di- like, the dynamic that was set was just, like, rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine, like, move on. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, that was always harder for me to be okay with than, like, my brothers, because my brothers were so, it was, like, instilled in them, like, if you're a man, you'll, it's fine. And, like, and then I was just kind of lost in it, because I was, like, well, I'm not. <laughs> and, like, I would have, like, these reactions to it. And I think that, like, not even necessarily obviously more sensitive, but I think on the surface, I like I didn't have as strong of a grasp on controlling my emotions in front of him. And I think that my brother's just like being, like my older brother I look at is like so much older than me and like stronger and whatever. And I think it just, for me, it was just harder to find my place in it because I was the only girl in this like boy dynamic. And so it was just like made me Harder. It was just harder on me because I didn't know how to react to certain situations. But now, if I recall, you said earlier something about feeling your emotions or expressing your emotions. It's it's easier for you now in college, would you say? I think it is easier than it with is. my peers. Right, that's but what I mean. But I think it's the same thing in my house. Like, nothing's really... I don't think right. anything's really going to change there. But I think it's, like, made me it's affected me more than I thought it ever would. And I think it's like almost made me a less argumentative person because it's made me realize how much I hate arguments. And like, I think it's just, like it just, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that one. Okay, Okay. thank you though. Because embrace your sensitivity. Yeah, and I think that was hard for me to learn because it was just so like shunned for a while. I I can hear that. Sensitivity though is something that far too often male or female is encouraged to be uh, pushed away Mm -hmm. like you said and And it like turned into like a sign of weakness yeah to me and when it really is about is actually you're not you per se but just a parent um usually they just have difficulty tolerating even their own emotions Therefore, they don't even know how to tolerate yours. They don't even know how to tolerate their own. Um, So they tend to project that onto their kids. But I won't get into the therapy. I'll take off my therapist hat as much as I can right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was good. That was good. And Jackson, I think you had a question. 
Well, I mean, it kind of ties in with the whole, like, you can't cry in front of your father because he wants you to be a man. And it makes me think, like, is there ever, like, a line drawn when, like, parents can create a form of peer pressure in a sense? Mm-hmm. With, like, all, like, the expectations they set on you and the ways they want, like, to steer your life? Like, I feel like there I, can sometimes be similarities between the two. I think absolutely I, the term is wouldn't be called peer pressure but yes it is a form of pressure them placing their own expectations onto you not taking into account who you are and that happens far too frequently and can really affect one's mental health it really can and sometimes you know more frequently than not people don't know that or understand that um but so yeah they can definitely pressure you with their own expectations have you felt that i haven't felt that but it's just crazy because we like we grew up with this guy and i won't share his name but he was a very gifted athlete and his parents only wanted to focus have him focus on his one sport and so i never even really got to hang out with him or even see him out until Mm -hmm. maybe late until a senior of high school because Every weekend, every single day after school, it was all about tennis. It was all about going to these tournaments. It was all about practicing, like perfecting your craft. And it just makes you think that like he never even got the opportunity to mm-hmm. even socialize. And mm-hmm. it was his parents putting this pressure on him that's to be right. a star. That's right. And when I paused earlier, that's exactly what I was thinking about was the athlete and, and the parent you know, who, who's really can tend to push their kid, you know, into it even more than, than the kid even maybe even knows they want to be into it. And maybe they want to be into more of a social aspect of their life, but they don't want to then disappoint their parents. So, you know, I think I definitely had a very much tie into that kind of experience because my dad, my family was very like, you're going to high school, you're going to play a sport, you're going to get a scholarship to college, and you're going to go to college for that sport. And my brother, for example, went to UCLA for golf. My little brother is currently on track to do the same thing. And it's like, I remember the day I decided I didn't want to play. Because I, I, I played tennis in high school, and for a period of time, because it was just so like laid out for me, I thought I was going to play tennis in college, and that was going to be my thing. And I think it got to a point where I had so much pressure and so much, like, it didn't even become a sport anymore. It was like, this was a job almost. And, like, I didn't even, it got to a point where I didn't even enjoy it. And I stopped liking tennis and I didn't even want to play anymore. And I remember the the conversation I was terrified to have with my parents was when I was like, I don't think I want to do this. Because I was so out of the ordinary. And, like, my brother was the top recruit for his and I was the next up. And I remember I was, it was just once I realized I started not liking what I was doing anymore. And I was like, I don't want to do this for the next six years and like have to, this is my life. And I was this, it was a huge deal that I decided that I didn't want to go down that path. And then I remember though, once I had that conversation and once I like coming back into junior year tennis, I started to actually really enjoy myself. And like once I took away that like end goal and that like end pressure, Mm. I was like, I actually do really like the sport and I do really want to be good. I just don't, I want to be good in high school. I don't really want to need to like take it further than that. And it was never like, 
and I remember I would always say this to my dad. I was like, I can do things just for fun. Like, and like, <laughs> he didn't really get like doing things. No, for, you can't. No, like actually though, like that was a legitimate yeah. conversation I yeah. had. And it was like, yeah. he didn't really get the concept of like playing a sport for fun and like, just yeah. like doing it and like playing the high school. Like I remember I wanted to play soccer or some sport at like for a, a secondary season as opposed to tennis. Yeah. And I remember telling my dad that, and he was like, well, then when are you going to play tennis? And I was like, well, uh. I, I, I didn't really have an answer because I was like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and he was like, well, why are you playing soccer? And I was like, because I like soccer. And he was like, well, what are you going to do with that? And I was like, I mean, nothing. I guess. Play. Have fun. And even if it was senior year, I remember yeah. it was, like, I remember it was soccer season senior year. I wanted to do soccer just for fun. And I was like, probably not going to be very good. And it was just going to be for fun. And he was like, well, you have college applications you have to be doing. You can't be playing a sport like you're not going to do anything with. And I was like, well, <laughs> it was just like, it's a sport. And it was just like that constant pressure of like, my brother was a college yeah. athlete. Like my yeah. little brother is going to be the same thing. And I was like that middle child that like was the rebellious one that decided yeah. I didn't want to play in college. And it was like a huge tension and like still is to this day. And like he'll still like he'll still like a topic of conversation where it's like, well, your brother had a scholarship, like his, oh, wow. it was so, and it was just this like weird thing that like it was so such a norm and it was like such so how I was raised that that was the point of sport was to like get a scholarship and like I think until I took that away, I didn't really realize that like I could be just doing things to like enjoy them and have fun. so very brave of you yeah. to stand up for yourself and say. No, yeah. it's not what I want to do. It just like wasn't for me because <laughs> you could have just gone, gone ahead, and, and it probably would have been a lot easier. It probably easier for who? Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe yeah. easier <laughs> for your parents, yeah. but it wouldn't have been easier yeah. for well, you. Well, it almost would have been easier on me in the moment because I wouldn't have been having these like, well, if you're not going to play tennis, how are you going to get into college? Uh huh. So, and I would always say, I remember always saying to my dad, I was like, Dad, I'll be fine. Like, I'll get into school. Uh -huh. And he was like, well, I don't really see how that's going to happen. And I'm like, well, I'll be fine. <laughs> and then college comes around, and I end up getting into, like, majority of the schools I applied to. And I remember just being like, I told you I'd be fine. And you never believed me. So and it was like, good yeah. enough without being yeah. an athlete yeah. for who I am. Exactly. And, like, having enough without that. Because uh -huh. he thought that was just the only way. Mm -hmm. And, like, the only – and he was like, it's so competitive. You have to have something extra. You have to have a sport. I was like, I'll, I think so. I'll be he good. was coming from a real place of fear. Like, yeah, play, he but... comes from a place yeah. of fear, and that's what I've learned about his parenting methods. And like from being out of the house, I've learned it more. It's like all the pressure he'd put on me, and like all those things. Like, yeah, it all came. It came from the best place possible. Mm -hmm. Like, it came from him just wanting the best for me. And I think that's where it was like I'd have issues with him because like I would necessarily like agree with what he thought was the only way. And he's a very, like, his way or the highway type person. So mm -hmm. it's, like, I think it was just hard when we had different opinions and we both are very, like, stubborn about those opinions and, like, refuse to see the other person's side. And so that's where, like, the pressure came in. And I was just, like, well, if I don't do this, will I still be okay? And mm -hmm. I ended up being fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Probably even better. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, yeah. I, would, I, like, strongly believe that if I didn't do that, I would have been so unhappy because I wouldn't... I wouldn't have been doing something that I enjoyed. Yeah. And right. So it wouldn't have yeah. been easier. No, it definitely would not. Right. In the long run. So for, that goes, confirms too about like what's right for one kid mm -hmm. is not right for another kid. Wouldn't it be great if parents understood that and 
that came that came with uh, the, the manual of getting <laughs> pregnant. It'd be nice. <laughs> it would be yeah. most definitely. Yeah. But it's just not there sometimes. I thought you guys got a manual when women got pregnant. Yeah. Too. No. Oh. No, I have thoughts about that. You guys read the manuals. Uh, See, well, we don't read manuals. I don't know. I <laughs> never get the manual. We don't, oh, men no, don't read directions. Men don't read directions. No. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> if you do, then what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> do you read directions, Will? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. I do. Um, I find directions very helpful. Um, I also find directions uh, not very helpful sometimes. Yeah. Um, I guess it's oftentimes in the way that I that they're described to me. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes if the picture doesn't match the way that I think, or I'm visually like I'm thinking about something, it's difficult. We really went on a tangent there. Didn't yeah, we? right, right. <laughs> I have so enjoyed talking to you guys tonight about peer pressure. Yeah, me too. It was awesome. If you could have a takeaway from this evening, something maybe you'd want to share to somebody who's listening, something you would want them to take away from tonight's podcast, what would it be? You don't have to succumb to peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Peer pressure is all around us. And in the end, if like meeting, meeting someone else's expectations, like, is you suddenly prioritize that over like what you truly value, like you probably shouldn't be doing it. And I think it's important to recognize that. And very high likelihood that uh, that will lead to increased anxiety and increased depression. So thank you for that point. <laughs> what about you, Lauren? Um, I think for me, something that stuck with me was your question when you were like, well, who is that easier for? And because it's like a lot of times when it's peer pressure, it's like what people just think, well, maybe it'll just be easier if I just do this. And it's like at the end of the day, it's not really easier for anyone because like you could be succumbing to this peer pressure in the moment and you're, you still have to live with yourself the next day. Yeah. And so it's like, well, maybe it'll just be easier for me if I just do this. And then it's like, well, it's really not in the long run because you're the one that has to live with your choices and has to like try and maintain your own values and I think it's easier it's like a good reminder to be like well who is it really easier for at the end of the day that's a good question to keep to, in mind yeah and maybe <laughs> yeah. you can even say that to your friend yeah you can sit down and have a talk with yeah. them from that perspective yeah uh, what about you Will what's your takeaway from this evening that's given given to it all no I'm kidding um, never say no. <laughs> yeah, right. or just say no, right? Because we all know that that works as a campaign for drugs. Um, I would say that for me, um, I don't know. I I think um, I think for me, I'm just continually Pressure. blown Pressure. away Pressure. by the shares and the insight that people have when they're talking about these things and um, I think if my impression is that if these conversations take place in this in this type of a setting they can take place anywhere uh, very good point. and if we have these conversations more often than not these things even if it's not 
in a large scale thing, if it's just happening in our little ecosystem or our social settings that we're present in, like that's how we are making an impact and that's how we're also like developing different standards for ourselves and the people around us. And, and I think that maybe that's where it kind of starts with peer pressure, right? It's just like kind of being affirmed in who you are, setting your intentions and relationships and letting other people know like what you are and you aren't comfortable with and, and being okay with that and like holding your truth and valuing your truth and allowing other people to see that and what that means to you and allowing that to just continue to be reflected hopefully and have that type of a shift go going forward. And college is such a time of exploration, so... Expanding your interests. Expanding your interests. Yeah, that was interest. amazing. That was wise amazing. words. Yeah, that Those was were brilliant. wise words. Those were wise words. I'm going to get that printed, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe on a pillow. Like, and I'm going to have you sign it. But really exploring your moral compass yeah. and adhering to your moral compass. And also not punishing yourself if you don't. I'm not saying to go out and engage in something that you know isn't good for you. However, you're like exploring at yeah. the well, same time. Well, that's why time. I also think college is so important because you don't really know your own limitations that's until you've right. tested them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. you've been in a room where people are taking lifts or whatever you call it. <laughs> right. And you're like, well, I don't want to do that because like, I don't think it opens you up to opportunities where you like are able to say no and that's where you kind of realize where your values are. I would agree and, and I feel always nervous about saying that that somebody's gonna misinterpret it from me being a therapist is like I'm telling somebody to go engage engage in a dangerous behavior but I'm really a realist and that is part of what college is about yeah. it is exploration and that's all we can do parents out there who are listening all we can do is hope that we did a good job and it'll all come to fruition but comes a time when you do have to let go and and let your kids explore the world and again hope that you taught them the right the right lessons growing up um scary job <laughs> Scary job out there. You make it seem so easy. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm kind of gritting my teeth when I was saying that. Uh, what, letting go? Why? Why would you say that? Oh, I don't know. No, <laughs> I wasn't gritting my teeth. I was just thinking about the. I just love her so much. Though. <laughs> parenting, it was hard letting her go, but I wanted her to. I wanted to let go, and it's really fun watching my daughter growing up I really appreciate it and um, and I I just love what you guys had to say I loved hearing about the dating parties I didn't yeah, know yeah, that was, really was the name of those yeah. um, so you guys gave <laughs> me some information which I really appreciate and you guys have some real good moral compasses. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Yeah, the, you do. 
That's very impressive. Very yeah. impressive. <laughs> yeah, you guys should see what they're doing over here. We got collars <laughs> yeah. popping, fist bumps. Yeah, yeah. We got a little. Somebody's over here polishing their knuckles. And I. Dirt off the shoulder a little bit. I keep saying this at the end of every podcast. I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing. It's just each week I'm just so overwhelmed yeah. by yeah. emotions of just the level of insight. Not yeah. only that you guys have, but that you want to have. You know, yeah. and that, that yeah, it seems true. like you're going to continue to have. And how, you know, you understand too, like with peer pressure, you guys think about it too in, in who you are as friends to others. Yeah. And if you put pressure onto those around you as well, mm-hmm. something to take with you and think about, right? And we thank you all for joining us this evening yeah thank you guys for being here and thank you guys for for being here and come back anytime (laughs) yeah i will (laughs) we hope so we're here have a good night have a good night you guys